everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Breakpoint Podcast Wimbledon Midway Review 2022, starring myself, Marcus, and my main man. Frankie, sorry I sound like crap. Frankie just woke up from, uh, quote, a fat P-H-A-T nap. Uh, Frank is currently in California, living the California life. But uh, it seems like you're doing well there, Frank. Uh, Yeah, I don't nap ever. So the fact that I've uh, taken up napping as an activity really shows how uh, de-stressed I am out here. Yeah, Frank's uh, Frank's developing into a relaxed guy, if you can believe that, Be um, <laughs> from being in California. But no, seriously, Frank, that's awesome. Good to hear you again. Uh, we got a lot to talk about in a relatively short period of time. A lot has been going on in Wimbledon, but we're going to hit the main topics. Frank, let's talk. Uh, first thing that I think our, we need to speak to our listeners about is uh, the return of COVID interfering in tennis again we've had a couple of major players uh being pulled out of the draw due to testing positive for the coronavirus uh two that were in rafael nadal's way i guess one could say uh marin chilich was t- uh, tested positive on day one and also matteo berrettini one of the wimbledon favorites one of the guys who we really thought was going to pull through this tournament frank uh should we be shocked by these kind of you know covid tests i mean wh- you know what do we make of this yeah, I think it just goes to show that COVID's definitely still a big part of our lives and a big part of every day going around the world. It's not going away anytime soon, even with uh, vaccinations, etc. So, you know, maybe we should definitely be cautious uh, health-wise. I feel really, really bad for Matteo Berrettini, who, based on the play so far of this tournament, I think may be the favorite right now if he was playing. Um, just because of the the fragility of Nadal and, and Novak that has happened so far, each going five sets already before the semifinals. Uh, so it's um it's it's definitely uh it, it sucks not having Mateo. Whenever you don't have one of the top, you know, probably three four guys to win a tournament, which Mateo was the second favorite to win the whole thing behind Novak, uh, that 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 sucks, and it leads to, you know, uh, a not as good of a tournament as maybe it could have been, but at the same time, it's also really nice to have two guys who I wouldn't necessarily think of as grand, grand slam semifinalists uh, taking advantage of their opportunity and, and, and progressing through the draw. So uh, good for them. And, um, you know, to all these players, um, even with the, especially with the Russian players out, I would say the same thing of, and this is the Breakpoint podcast mantra as well. You beat who's in front of you. And all of these guys have beaten who's in front of them, whether that be Nadal, Novak, Kyrgios, or um, Cam Nori, and they deserve their spot. Frank, I could not agree with you more. I was just thinking about how the draw was a little bit diluted even pre-tournament due to Tsverev being out with his ankle. You've got uh, Medvedev and Rublev, obviously, due to the Russian ban, but now you throw out a Berrettini, who's a grass court favorite. And Chilich, who, quite frankly, is a very good grass court player and is on a roll right now, just made the semis of the French Open. However, again, you beat who is in front of you, and we've seen some other really, really, really good tennis matches, um, including some from Yannick Sinner, who made the quarterfinals, almost beat Novak Djokovic, was up two sets to love, beat Carlos Alcaraz en route, which is no easy feat, as we know, and as we rave about Carlos on this podcast, and also... Uh, let's talk a little bit about Nick Kyrgios. 
The man barely trains. Uh, he seems to only really like to play on grass court, and now he is standing in the semifinals of Wimbledon, taking out Stefano Tsitsipas, uh, taking out Christian Garin uh, today in, in a relatively straightforward match. And he's set to play Rafael Nadal in the semifinals, which we're going to get into a little bit later. But, um, Frank, let's talk about Nick Kyrgios and his kind of behavior at Wimbledon. That's been a hot topic, obviously, especially with his little beef with Stefano Tsitsipas. Um, give us a little bit of summary of, of what's there. You know, who should, you know, should we take sides? Do they both have a point? Like what's going on with Nick? Just before we talk about that, there's one more match that I thought was unbelievable from this tournament by Yannick Sinner. Beating John Isner on grass in straight sets. Yeah, you owe Yannick an apology. Oh, I absolutely eat all my words. I was dead wrong. This is the equivalent of us with Casper Ruud. I, I apologize to Jan. He knows that I'm his biggest fan. I'm sorry I doubted you. But also, as just a simple fact, this guy had not won a grass court like ATP match his entire career and he gets to the set he gets to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon and plays awesome which is like so amazing for him I'm super happy um he fixed his serve that was like the main sort of thing that was uh that I've noticed a big difference on so the new coach definitely doing a good job there and uh just in general like super pumped about him that match with him and Alcaraz my opinion was the best match of the tournament so far. Not even really close, quite honestly, even though there have been other five setters, whatever. But, uh, you know, that match, the quality that was going on at points was just off the charts. Um, but that brings us to Nick Kyrgios, who, in my opinion, has had what a wild tournament so far, right? Um, you know, obviously, Matteo Berrettini going out gives him a huge opportunity should he beat Stefano Tsitsipas to advance to the semifinals, which he does. And he beats Steph in, you know, quite honestly, pretty straightforward fashion. You know, Steph put up a little bit of a fight in the third set, but Kyrgios had him all the way, seemingly. And, uh, you know, Nick Nick just, just is serving the lights out of the place over and over again, which he always does. His backhand is consistent enough on grass, especially being so flat that it can really get the job done. And then lastly, I would say is that even though we think of Kyrgios as all over the place mentally, right? The fact that he's been able to concentrate in those really key moments has been something that he's never been able to do throughout his entire career. And seemingly he's been able to, to like turn himself on at that right moment, like in the fifth set, um, against Sitsipas, etc. Like he is hitting that that gear. So, you know, I'm 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 happy that that Nick is putting it all together. Um I think he had a very good press conference or post match interview um after beating Gareen where he basically said like I thought this ship had sailed for me. So to be in the Grand Slam semifinals is pretty surreal. And it was a moment of humbleness from Nick that I don't think we ever really see. So to get that was awesome. Uh, so I'm, I'm really happy for him in that regard. He's a guy that has all the talent in the world. And that match with Rafa Nadal is going to be pure box office. Yeah, I think that he really I think that he really needed to get through that Stefano Tsitsipas match just because of everything that was going on with it. And I think Nick usually needs 
a match per tournament where he needs some sort of confrontation. Um, and I think that it happened early on against Steph where he was still playing well and it didn't completely throw off his concentration. And he kind of got that out of his system because now I think the point is he's too deep in the tournament to do things like this anymore, in my opinion. He realizes that he has a an extremely unique opportunity here, Frank, to potentially win a Wimbledon. I mean, let's be real. 100%. He has- 100%. He, he has to be one of the favorites. Nadal is like half injured. He has a pretty good record against Nadal to begin with, right? Yeah, so he beat Nadal he when he was, uh, what was he, 19 years old? He beat Nadal there? Correct, uh, yes. And he, that was and his breakout year. And he's beaten, I believe he's got a winning record, or at least he's beaten Djokovic multiple times. So, And, and grass court is clearly his best surface serve. We don't even need to talk about You already highlighted it. His backhand is very underrated. He's actually got some. He's gotten really stable on his backhand side. Can hit it really flat, which is excellent on grass. Obviously, has fantastic hands. Great neck game. Forehand is outrageous. And when this guy is concentrated and he really puts his mind to it, he can really beat anybody. If you watch that match against Green today, he really acted. I mean, he had a couple of you know conversations with the umpire, but I think he needs to have those. Um, but he acted really professional. He kept it together in tight moments. He realized, I think, that he was losing it a little bit when Garin started to play a little bit better, but then he recomposed himself, really pulled himself together. He's got an extremely unique opportunity um, because Nadal is essentially on his last limbs, which is, I guess, you know, we can kind of segue into that because how he pulled this match out, uh, that is Rafa, against Taylor Fritz today in five sets was nothing short of incredible. He looked like he could barely move anymore, had an abdominal injury in addition to the foot injury that he already has. But man, Nadal just brings that kind of magic that we you talked about in our previous episode here, Frank. Um, talk to us a little bit about your thoughts on the match. Uh, and then I'll, I'm most likely going to agree with you, but I, I want to hear first. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think... Just uh, we also I also skipped one of your questions to me about Kyrgios from before, which was that, no, I don't think there's sides with him and Sitsipas. I think they're both clowns and they both are just being babies. And that's really all I would like to say on it. It's just stupid and a waste of time, quite honestly. Yeah. And Steph yeah, needs to just was... Steph needs to just get over it, like win the match or move on, you know, enough. Yeah. Um, Getting back to Rafa, uh, I would agree. I think. Listen, this is sort of why I've been saying this stuff about Rafa Nadal is because there's just something about him this year where he is just fighting through everything and seemingly every match where you think this guy's down and out, he finds a way to just pull it out. Like today against Fritz was unbelievable the way that he was able to win that match. This guy was not able to serve in the second set and he wins the second set. He was serving at like 98 miles an hour in in the second set's ridiculous. Um, and he's able to pull it out. And then you just sort of see in that fifth set super tie break that Nadal just has that gear and Novak has that gear as well, where they are just able to rise above anyone that they're playing. You know, that's the thing that's always separated Roger, Rafa and Novak from everybody else is that they have this, you know, God tier gear that, that, that they can just pull away. And, you know, in those high pressure moments, Rafa still like knows exactly what to do. Um, and even today when he wasn't really able to serve very well, he realized that if he just got like one or two balls back and put himself in a point, uh, you know, he could really dominate with his forehand and, 
and attack the net and give himself a chance to win. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, I think up until this point, Rafa's had a pretty straightforward journey. So hopefully, you know, the the grinding, grueling match against Fritz isn't going to knock him out of the semifinals, which apparently is a rumor right now that he's getting scans to see if he like completely tore his abdomen again. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I hope for the best for Rafa. And like I said, uh, I'm not counting this guy out. I'm not saying he's out by any means. If you're asking me, like, we'll get into our predictions later on, but never bet against this guy. That's always been the thing that I've, that's, that's the number one thing I've learned. Don't bet against Rafa Nadal. You can absolutely not bet against him. I thought, honestly, that he was probably going to lose today just because I was really liking the way Fritz was playing, too, playing super aggressive, taking it to him with the serve. But, man, Nadal's always just got something up his sleeve, knows exactly where to put the ball at the right time, knows how to also how you manage playing through pain says a lot about your mental psyche. There are, like, 99% of other pros can't, manage to play through pain like that because he just kind of puts the pain aside like in a different part of his brain and just concentrates fully on the task ahead of him it's incredible um but i don't also i I just don't shout out to taylor fritz dude yeah fourth round of australian open this year wins indian wells now quarterfinals of wimbledon that guy's legit by the way a year coming off of uh, off of knee surgery, tore his meniscus last year, all within a year. So sh- big shout out to Taylor. But yeah, with Rafa, man, I don't know what's going to happen in this next round to pull this. It, I want to know what's going on with this ab or his ribs before I make any predictions, honestly, um, at this point, because I get, this match against Nick is going to be insane, too. So, you know, I, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But let's talk about the other side um of the draw, Frank, we've got Novak Djokovic uh, in the top semifinal. He's had a little bit of a challenging uh, path to the semis, most recently against Yannick Sinner, where he was down two sets to love. Whoop-de-doop. Djokovic does it again, somehow manages to come back convincingly, 6-2, 6-3, uh, And then we've got a big surprise on the other semifinals, Cam Norrie, hailing from, uh, plays for Great Britain, hailing from New Zealand, though, but seemingly... Nice transition into the semifinals. So, you know, big shout out to him. We knew that he could play on grass pretty well. He's got a nice flat backhand, good lefty serve. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of a little bit more shocked about Nori than I am Djokovic, Frank. I mean, Djokovic is kind of expected to be there, but Nori, not so much. No, no. Nori definitely took advantage of the draw, sort of just playing into his hands a little bit. He had a really tough match against Jamie Menor in the second round, went five sets, but then ended up bageling and beating him 6-2 in the fifth, which is pretty crazy. A nice win over Steve Johnson. Steve Johnson's a great grass player, beat him 6-4, 6-1, 6-love. Then goes on, shout out to Tommy Paul, great grass court season for him. Gets the round of 16 at Wimbledon, beats him 6-4, uh, 6-4, 6-4, 7-5, 6-4. And then uh, a guy that I mentioned in the preview that Marcus wanted nothing to do with, David Goffin, gets to the quarterfinals and almost takes him out. That was a fantastic match, actually, if you had the chance to watch it. Um, And Nori is able to sort of get through and and get to the semifinals. But yeah, this is another case of a player whose game like perfectly transitions onto grass courts, right? I would say that for Nick Kyrgios. I would say that for Cam Nori. 
I would say that for Matteo Berrettini last year. You know, these guys, like, you can see why, like, a flatter backhand, pretty decent forehand, decent serve, like, that's the sort of combination that you need to have on grass, unless you're one of the big three. Yeah, I owe David Kafan an apology. Not as much as Frank owes Sinner an apology, but... 100% true. Yeah, I definitely owe David Kafan an apology. But, yeah, Nori, I mean, listen, again, you beat who's in front of you, um, but... Yeah, I I think I think that it ends here. I think Djokovic is going to take the semifinal, Frank. I just don't see, I I can't see Nori taking this one. I just I I and I know that he's got all of Britain, you know, England, whatever it is, behind him uh, against Djokovic in the stadium. But Djokovic is just too good, and he's on a mission because Djokovic again I think has that sense of urgency that he's got to win this Slam, especially if Nadal is hobbling right now. If he can pull it together and beat Nori and maybe Kyrgios, who knows? I, I just I see Djokovic winning this one comfortably. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if Nori was fresh, like he hadn't played many hours on on court, I would I would say maybe there could be something there. But I actually think that the pressure of being the hometown guy might be too much for Cam Nori, and the fact that he just went on to an absolute grind fest against Goffin last round. Um, you know, I would, I would take Novak there pretty comfortably. Maybe he clips a set, maybe, maybe it's a four setter, but you know, I, I would say yeah. Novak probably gasses him out four sets. He's in the final maximum four sets, Frank. Yeah. Maximum. I mean, we can move on to predict. We just gave the prediction. So we'll move on to predictions now. Um, so that's semifinal one. I think we're in uniform agreement Four sets. Yep. Maybe Novak's going to get through, uh, Marcus, I want to hear about the Nick Kyrgios, Rafa Nadal match. What do you think? Assuming Rafa is ready to go. Assuming Rafa takes court, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Nadal because I'm kind of riding that Nadal magic train with you, Frank. I just think that this guy is gonna figure it out. Uh, this is Kyrgios's first semifinal at Wimbledon. I think that when the stakes are this high, and and I think this makes a difference because Nick has never been in this position before, and we saw it a couple of years ago where he wasn't up to the task for it either. And I think that, again, Nadal just has this inner will, which is un, just unbelievable unmatched, and I think he's going to be able to pull this out. Again, this is if he takes court, and if he can play at least to the capacity that he was playing at today uh, against Taylor Fritz. Otherwise... Um, if it, there's anything less than that, if he's hobbling or if he's not even obviously able to take court, then I'm going to take Nick. But I, I just, I don't know. There's something about Nadal right now that I'm going to have to, you know, go with his, go with him. Yeah, for me, I think the thing is, is if Nadal is at his capacity today, Nick Kyrgios will beat him. Nick Kyrgios is a better player on grass than Taylor Fritz, in my opinion. It's close, but I would, I would take. I would take Kyrgios. If Rafa is able to recover a little bit and, you know, juice himself up with, you know, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> what? Yeah, um, that's the question. What is yeah, he like cortisone or, you know, whatever <laughs> else they do. Um, then I, I, I would still stand by my original prediction of Nadal winning the whole thing. But, you know, this is a really bad matchup for Nadal because Nick is so good on that backhand side of just flattening out any high balls that may come over there. His serve is just absolutely fantastic. So Nadal's going to get zero free points at all the whole match. And return wise, Kyrgios has been pretty on fire. So 
it's a brutal matchup. Like my head, my head is saying to pick Kyrios, not Nadal. I'm I'm still standing by the Nadal pick because you know that's what my gut is telling me. But if you're asking me from like a brain perspective, like who do I think on paper is going to win this match? I would take Nick Kyrgios. Yeah, I mean, from a matchup perspective, currently as the way it stands, yeah, you're totally right. Kyrgios matches up extremely well against Nadal, especially on a grass court. But I don't. I think that there's a lot more at play here than just them playing. Right? We're talking about you know goat slam race. We're talking about Nick Kyrgios's first semis. It's like, wow, is he actually going to try playing tennis again? You know, he's actually doing well here. I think there's a lot more at stake than just the match within and of itself because especially if something goes wrong mid-match right if like Nick's just starts to lose it a little bit Nadal kind of sees that opportunity takes it I don't know again I, I think if Nadal is actually able to move or run around and play I just think that he's mentally he he knows that he can he can do it yeah no I'm with you I'm with you on that the mental side of things Rafa has a massive edge over Nick Right, like all the nonsense that Nick pulls against everybody else, like against Sitsipas, whatever, is never going to work against Rafa Nadal. He's just way too laser-focused and whatever for that to really affect him. But at the same time, like a point that you make about urgency, right? Nick Kyrgios has a lot of urgency right now. Nick Kyrgios is at a moment where he sort of realizes, like, I could win the whole damn thing. Right, like he's got a very, very legitimate chance to win the whole damn thing, and if he and beats Frank, Rafa, I, that that match against Novak is that's no walkover. And Frank, that can go one of two ways. This urgency, right? That can go either, oh my god, I can't believe I'm in the semifinals, Wimbledon. I never thought I would actually make it here. Type urgency, uh, where it's going to completely mess him up mentally, or it could be, have the complete opposite for effect, where like you just mentioned wow, I'm in this unique position where I'm finally in the semis of a slam. I know I can beat Rafa at Wimbledon, and I believe I have the goods to beat Djokovic, which he absolutely does. From a talent perspective, there's no denying that this guy can beat anybody on the planet. It's all about what's going to go on top. And again, with Nick, uh, we have sometimes just no idea what's going to happen until we turn on that television or you're, you know, if you're in the stands and you're watching, you have no idea what you're going to get. And more importantly, he's fresh. Had a pretty easy three set. Like the the final set was a little tricky with Kareem, but overall played three sets in the semifinals. Rafa Nadal is coming off misery in that quarterfinal, so Nick is pretty fresh. Like that that's always been the thing with him is fitness wise. Can he hold up? Like fitness wise, he's probably in a better position than Nadal is right now. Oh, totally. And again, logic points to Nick winning, but. We don't always follow logic here on the Breakpoint Podcast. Yeah, yeah so. I think I think we're in agreement. I think we're going to go with Nadal there. So that sets up the dream final, Marcus. Novak, Nadal, assuming Nadal is healthy at that point, whatever, or like, you know, good enough. What do you think happens? I think I'm going to stand by my original prediction in the preview episode from last week, and I'm going to pick Djokovic. I think that at some point, I mean, Djokovic, I think, is going to have a relatively easy match against Nori. He's going to be fresh, and he realizes the sense of urgency against Nadal. And he has a much better... Djokovic, for the most part, has dominated Nadal on grass, and I think that it's a bad matchup for Nadal, and I think that he'll pull it out. Uh, Yeah, in that specific matchup, again, the logic pick is Novak Djokovic. I will stand by my prediction of Nadal because I just think there's something there, and, you know, whatever. 
Um, however, I will just say this for the viewers also. My my gut pick is is Rafa Nadal. That's who I'm going to stick with. That's what I will be held accountable for. But my logic pick is not Nadal. It's not Novak. It's not Nori. My logic pick is actually Nick Kyrgios. I actually think he beats Nadal. I think like logically he should beat Nadal to, uh, on Friday, and he should beat Djokovic too. Like it, I don't know. There's just something like this guy on grass is just something else. So, you know, that's that's my opinion. That would be my like logic pick. Um, but again, my my gut pick is uh, Novak's definitely in the final. But my gut pick is, and the one that I will say for the podcast is is Rafa Nadal, and I'll stick with that. That's interesting because my. Uh, my hard pick is actually like to win the whole thing is actually Kyrgios because I think that it, like it would be insane if he did this and I don't think he actually can but it would be like an absolute Cinderella story type thing the logic pick for me is Djokovic which is why I'm going with that long term just because I know that he he's done it so many times at Wimbledon before that I just and also I just can't really see him losing I can't I just I don't know I just don't see Kyrgios doing this yet I don't know. Maybe he can, maybe he not. Again, this guy is such a such a curveball. We have no idea what's going to come with him, Frank. But, you know, we've given our predictions on that. Let's talk a little bit about the women's draw. The women's draw has also been super interesting at Wimbledon. Simona Halep coming back and having a fantastic Wimbledon, kicking ass in the semifinals. Frank, what has Simona done differently? In a, and is it because maybe she's been... Oh, oh God, who's the coach she's been working with? Oh, Mortogalu. Is, yeah. is it because of your favorite coach, Patrick Mortogalu? I think that's it. Yeah, I think you got to give Patrick at least some credit. But I'll also just say that part of it could just be like a confidence thing. I don't necessarily think that anything is particularly better about her game like she's hitting like obviously she's making more shots everything like that but I think a big part of Simona's problem was just she lost a lot of confidence over COVID you know maybe that affected her stuff like that and she's a player that definitely feeds off of the crowd and has a pretty strong crowd support so I think the fact that crowds are back stuff like that has led to her really performing better uh, her serve looks really good um, you know she's beaten everybody anyone who's in front of her she's you know played really well I think she's probably the favorite to win the whole thing on the women's side, but also uh, Rabakina from Kazakhstan, I believe she represents. Um, she's a pretty fantastic player, especially on grass. Really tall, like six feet tall, big serve, uh, big forehand, big stro- just big strokes in general. Um, so she's another player that I would really you know watch out for. But yeah, the women's side's been super interesting. Uh, Ego going down in the third round against Cornet, I believe it was third round. Yeah. Third round, uh, against Cornet, uh, not too surprising. I mean, listen, these streaks, everything has to happen at some point. And Eagle was going to lose a match and against a crafty player like Cornet on grass is not entirely surprising to me. So, you know, fair enough. Um, Coco Goff kind of going down like somewhat early, I think in comparison to her performance last year is, is surprising, but you know, listen, I think the, the the right people the right people are are in the semifinals of Wimbledon. I would just say that. Um, you know, so oh, and the one oh and, and Tatiana Maria, who who uh Marcus sort of mentioned there, a, a fantastic story for the women's side. So awesome to see her. 
Uh, there's one more thing that we uh, owe an apology and we completely bungled to two things, actually. Um, number one is uh, Danielle Collins, who we both thought would have a decent tournament, bounced in the first round. And uh, number two, uh, who be her cash? Absolutely just dropping the ball in the first round against Alejandro Davidovich Vakina and making us have egg on our face. So that's awesome. But uh, Frank, we made again, it. We made it 28 minutes without mentioning that. I was really hoping we could pull through without mentioning. No, you got to mention it. We got to own it. We got to own tough. it. Got to own it. Oh, you know, that was that was a tough one. The Hoobie one, one was tough. I mean, at least he lost in five and he went down with dignity. You know, it wasn't I like could, some three set bouncing against a clay quarter, though. Jesus Christ. Anyways. Uh, we, we, we digress. So let's talk a little bit about uh, also Serena Williams, unfortunately, lost first round. That needs to be mentioned as well. Um, yeah, my girl Tatiana Maria, 34 years old, had her second child last year, has been a pro since 2001 and has never been ranked higher than 46 in the world. Makes her first Grand Slam semifinal appearance in singles. Uh, I believe, Frank, if I'm looking at this correctly... She's never made it past the second round of a Grand Slam in her career. Yeah. Okay. No, That's uh, there's insane. a lot of crazy stories. A lot of crazy stories. Harmony Tan, another one on the women's side, like amazing run out of nowhere. Like, yeah, it's just this 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 tournament was actually probably not good for the women's game on the whole, because again, it just like reinforces that stereotype about the women's game that it's a complete crapshoot every single time and you never know who's gonna come out of it. Like there's no clear best player um but you know alas what are you gonna do yeah i mean you know we've got some good semifinals set up here um we've got Ange Jabor, who has quietly made it to the semifinals and who's been playing some absolutely fantastic tennis um she i believe is going to be going up against simona Halep. uh and then on the other side frank we have Rib- no, I'm sorry. Anjabor is going to be playing Tatiana Maria uh, and Rybakina. 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 Oh, God, whatever. Uh, I apologize. Um, it gets Simona. It gets Simona Halep. Frank, I think Tatiana Maria's dream run here is going to end. Anjabor is a top three player right now and is on a serious mission to become, I believe, would it be the first African woman to win a Grand Slam? Or I believe that might be true. I think that has to be true. She's the first right. like African woman to ever be in like the top 10 or something like that. So got to imagine that that's the case. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, that that Rabakana Halep matchup, that's box office. That is a box office matchup on the women's side. Rabakana is a really fantastic player. She's got some really legit wins on grass so far. She beat BB Andrescu in the second round, beat Martic in the round of 16, takes down Tomjanovic in the quarterfinal. You know, so she's she's had a legit run here. You know, Simona Halep, I think, has to be the favorite in that match and the favorite to win the whole thing just because she's done this before. Absolutely dismantled Paula Bedusa, 6-1-6-2, which is nuts. Um, you know, so... My gut would say Simona Halep uh, gets through, and I fully agree. Uh, Ange Jabor easily should should take down uh, Tatiana Maria. Now that I said that, Maria will, in fact, win that match. But, you know, what are you going to do? We know how these um, things go. Yeah, we know how it goes. 
And uh, yeah, I'll go with Halep to win the whole thing. I'm going to go with Anne Shabur. I think that uh, she's been playing some seriously good ball, incredibly creative uh, on the court. And I think that Halep is, again, it's going to be a really tight final match, but I think Anne Shabur is going to pull that out. So Yeah, I agree. That's a neck and neck final. That's yep. razor, razor thin. Absolutely. Anyways, folks, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Uh, thank you for tuning in per usual. We've been getting a lot more listeners and we really appreciate that. Um, we also appreciate any feedback, guys. DM us, comment, like, follow uh, on Instagram uh, at Breakpoint Podcast 7. We have received an email as well. So you can also email us at Breakpoint Miraculous. Podcast. Miraculous. Absolutely legendary. Uh, so breakpoint podcast seven at gmail.com. Um, yeah, and we've got a lot of cool things planned coming up for you. Uh, but first, let's get through Wimbledon, Frank. And uh, I'm really excited about this weekend. Hopefully, we can get together and watch it. Yeah, no, honestly, if the finals shake out to be how I would like them to, uh, which would be Roger, which Roger, geez. wow, always on the mind, baby. <laughs> um, Rafa and Novak in the men's side, and uh, Holop and Jabal on the women's side that is a really really fantastic result that would Pop, be popcorn I mean, that, weekend yep. yeah popcorn weekend i mean popcorn semifinals popcorn semifinals honestly so awesome uh thanks for listening everybody um as marcus said we really appreciate the feedback and uh we hope to hear from you soon uh let us know if you want to be on the podcast also any topics stuff like that more than happy to have you on yeah. uh, until then we'll speak to you next time see ya take it Take it easy, guys.